Breaking through with Olam. Tank fly, boss walk, jam, nitty gritty. You're listening to the boy from the big bad city. This is jam hot. This is jam hot. Welcome along to this episode of the Breaking Through with Olam podcast series. These podcasts are primarily for DJ producers wanting to break through in this competitive dance music industry. The podcasts also contain valuable info that is applicable to other areas of your life. These are broken down to approximately 20 minutes worth of interviews with a guest and the remaining time featuring a set of my guest or my latest tracks. Hope you can catch all the podcasts in one hit, but if not, don't worry, come back for the kick-ass music at a later time. In this podcast, I'll be talking to Linda Raffo, aka Miss Cupcake. Miss Cupcake started a DJ career in the 1980s and can be currently caught rocking the dance floor with Jackin' Funky Vocal House, Deep and Tech House and Classic Dance Remixes, as well as a wide range of classic and retro musical genres. Alongside a career that took her from US government in Washington DC to working in the digital industry in New York City to moving to London in 1999 to work for a variety of large corporates in web and e-commerce strategy, Linda always DJed, continuing to expand her vinyl collection and finally deciding at the ripe old age of 38 that she wanted to leave her corporate world behind her and become a DJ full-time. After moving to Ibiza in 2016, she got regular DJ work for beach bars like Mayer Beach Club and held a residency at Ibiza Rocks Bar during the summer of 2017. She is also a resident DJ and event producer for the largest women's festival in Europe, Velvet Ibiza attracting over 500 women from all over the world annually. As someone who I'm both privileged to know and be an admirer of her work, I'm going to be asking Linda some key questions about my own development and journey and what I need to do to make it in this competitive industry. I will also include a 30-minute set at the end for your enjoyment. <laughs> so perhaps we, we could kick this off with you telling me a little bit about your backstory leading up to uh, Velvet Ibiza, which we will uh, talk about shortly. Great. Yeah, well, I started DJing in 1984, which is before many of you were born, um, playing records at my school disco, um, which is similar to a lot of people, making mixtapes, and um, just fell in love with music. From there, I'm from Kansas, so for me, finding indie, alternative, new wave, 
music was uh, requiring a 13-hour car journey to New York to Wax Tracks Records. So when we came back, we were the only kids in school with these uh, with this music. So for us, I got to start playing in college bars in high school um, because we had such unusual music and because there was an audience for it. Um, I eventually became a radio DJ and uh, mass, uh, majored in radio and television. Nice one. Uh, thinking back to those early days that you just mentioned as a DJ, what were some of the hurdles that you faced and you know, what was your approach to overcoming them? Well, I mean, back in the day in the 80s, there, were, there, wasn't, there, was, there was no visibility of other DJs. And so we didn't, I didn't really see any hurdles because we were kind of doing what we wanted and we didn't know there was any other way to do it. And that was the interesting thing for me was just getting records and having like a little crew, crew of people, a little following. Um, I was also in a band and we had a little following and we kind of synergized those two things. And it was just one of the most amazing times because you just felt such freedom. Um, the hurdles came later. All right. So yeah. the, there were no expectations. No. You can kind of just blaze No one had any idea what we were doing. Oh. <laughs> nice. But what we did do was, I mean, our focus was passion for music and love for finding what no one else had and really being able to play that for people and have them feel that same um, discovery and um, amazement at music that no one's ever heard. And it was primarily music from the UK. Uh, I'm, I'm quite fortunate to, uh, to be involved and friends with two very exceptional DJs, uh, Gemma Whitfield, who goes by the name Roman Candles, and also Fiona White. Do you, do you personally feel that the music industry is represented enough by women? Or if not, what can do to change this? Because mm. my, my perception is that this is a gender neutral industry and, you know, you're it's all about talent it doesn't you know the, the, there's none of these terror uh, typical ideas that you get in other industries it is just about music i think women are rocking out and i think that it matters less and less and i think that when i first started people would come up and go you're the dj and they were amazed that i could put a sound system together and i could make things work and um i don't see any of that now and i'm Lived in London for 18 years, uh, DJed primarily at lesbian clubs, resident at Heaven, did DTPM at Fabric, and um, was alongside lots of other women who I admired and respected and still do to this day. Um, the hurdles came later when it was a lot of competition trying to get into a different scene, and I realized the focus, I should remain focused on what I'm good at and not try and do something that others are um that others don't want me to do or that i'm not as good at and i should stop because it's just a waste of my time so that's quite an interesting point that you've just brought up there about being the best that you can be mm -hmm. and not so much worrying about what everybody else is doing and just yeah. you know following your own vision i think if that you know if anybody is can pick up on anything that we've just talked about there it's about just you know not not judging yourself by everybody else but just literally following your own path yeah anytime i tried to do something else i either was bored because i couldn't connect with the audience so it was the wrong audience or i was trying to go outside my niche um, and what i was truly passionate about uh, 
there is this this leads me on to something else that's quite quite a hot topic within the uh, music industry at the moment particularly to do with you know DJing is that there, there's a a misconception that you can only be successful if you're a DJ producer I mean mm -hmm. I'm, I, you know I'm familiar with your work and uh, do you feel it's important to be a producer to gain bookings as a DJ or is there another route perhaps I think it's super important to be a producer but I think it's also important to understand how to tell a story to an audience and I've made an entire career out of say the past 15 years just gone from bigger and better and more exciting things by being passionate, giving a show, making sure you focus on the audience, and thinking about performance at all times. Because uh, with something like Elro, which I discovered four years ago, um, I realized that there is an awesome way to combine music performance and technology and to make the best use out of the tools available within the confines of the venue that you have. But the main thing is to focus on getting the crowd and understanding who's there and feeding off that energy and give them that energy back. Because once you have that connection, it's magic. That's good to hear. You know, I'm, I'm as you're aware, on a journey myself at the moment, Linda, hence mm -hmm. the creation of this podcast series. Uh, yeah, I think it's important, for, for particularly for me, uh, to look back on in a, you know, a year or two and also for people to listen to, to document you know, the process that I'm going through. One, one of the things that is integral to you know, uh, being a DJ is that I still have a nine to five job. You know, I'm not making mm -hmm. enough money from DJing to, to support myself solely for that. So you know, this nine to five job pays the bills. It, you know, what, what tips perhaps could you share with regards to balancing uh, my DJ producing and a job? Right, well, I, I quit my job at 37. Um, got a dog. It was actually the day I got uh, my UK passport. <laughs> and the next day I quit my job. Um, well, I took voluntary redundancy. Um, got a dog, set up my decks, took a weekend DJ course, and focused like you are on becoming a DJ. And I think the um, fallback I had was I set up my own consultancy business, and I figured from my 20 plus years in digital media and web strategy stuff. Um, I was able to keep clients and, and manage my time around my gigs. So if I could work from home or work from anywhere and not have to be in an office, that was ideal for me. So I did leverage that and I was also um, writing a book at the time. So I got some money off that and it was quite um, easy to manage writing around um, DJing. So I just looked at other ways to make money and not sit in an office. I, I've got a cat, so is it important that I get a dog? <laughs> it's important that you, you have an animal of some kind in your oh, life. Oh, right, okay. So <laughs> I recommend a dog, though. Oh, right. Yeah. No, but one of my big goals in life was because I worked so long and so many hours at so many different bullshit corporate jobs um, that um, I grew up with dogs and I love dogs and I really wanted a dog. And I thought if I'm going to be at home doing my thing, I really want to get um, a dog. So I did. Yeah, but I did set up a consultancy and was freelance. All right, so I so think I, I'm a freelancer at the moment, so that, right. that's quite refreshing to hear. Yeah, so I did for the first like five or six years, I kept that going, had a lot of clients, um, but back in the day you could judge more for a lot of the skills that I have and um, me now working with the DJ Growth Lab and, and doing other stuff, um, I'm thinking of getting back into some more speaking and um, writing. 
um, just because I love it. And I am in Ibiza. I do have several other jobs, but there are okay. jobs that are Ibiza jobs, All right. <laughs> which are not full time. And ever, everything takes pre- everything takes backseat to uh, music. Uh, one one thing I want to touch on is about the importance of building a social network presence. You know. In this day and age, you know, we, we, we've gone through a, a transformation in regards to DJing. You know, it, it's not simply good enough to, to be able to play records. You need to build a social presence, you know, particularly for people that are starting out. You know, uh, what, what's your social presence like? Um, it's pretty bad. <laughs> I won't lie. Um, I created an Instagram account for my DJ, Miss Cupcake DJ plug it's a shameless plug at miss cupcake dj um i've always had a mixed cloud presence which i thought was very important i've always put up mixes and kept that profile up to date i've had a facebook page but to be honest all of my bookings have been through personal contact or offering to do i set for free uh i beat the rocks bar i walked in and said hi i want to dj for this bar and they said, who are you? And I said, why Miss Cupcake? I do this side of the other. Um, I'm well known for, you know, in the lesbian community worldwide for doing um, a lot of gay prides and now I've got my own festival. And the, um, uh, I, the thing is I, I will do the first set for you for free. If you don't like me, don't hire me, don't pay me. If you like me, um, then yeah, let's get a contract in place and I want to play for you all summer. And I did. That, uh that last point is really, really good because uh, recently, in fact, yesterday, I was part of a conversation online where somebody is getting their first booking in a pub and they've been uh, toying with the idea whether to charge or whether to offer up free. You know, and I see the value. Uh, it's, it's quite strange, you know, the group that I'm part of on Facebook is a high performing group and mm-hmm. every member of that group says their first gig was free mm-hmm. and what yes. happened is it led to other gigs yes. now there, there is a split camp about going hard charge your worth mm-hmm. or going free yes. just just to reaffirm a point you went free on a gig well yes well i'll change i mean i want to add a third thing into your into your mix because i think the for me, for Ibiza Rocks, for a high-profile brand like that, who would hire nobody they've never heard of? You know, they want to have people that do uh, so-and-so for a pre-party that's going to be at Eden or so-and-so for a pre-party or a boat party. Um, I actually got into boat parties and was DJing at Eden and, and doing that from this. I actually got into a huge hotel thing from Ibiza Rocks from doing it for free. But the thing I also did was, uh, or the thing I'm not good at is bringing people I don't have a following. My following in Ibiza, for specifically, are all working the same insane schedule I am in the summer. I can't bring that crowd. Um, and they offered me my own night in the second year, but I said, listen, every single gay or gay-friendly person on this island is working 80 hours a week. I said, I, I can't bring you a crowd. Um, and I'm, I'm not good at promotion. And I said, if you want me to do that, I can't. So what I will do is guarantee that I will not only bring people into the bar just from hearing the music, but keep people in the bar drinking more. And that's how I got that. And so that, that, that first summer, I even got boat parties out of it. I got other bookings out of it. I got warm-up sets for Eden and other people for defected out of it. Um, I got offered to play in the toilet at high. So um, yeah, it worked out great. I met all sorts of people. <laughs> 
Okay, I, and that's the energy. For me, it's networking, it's in person. Which is one of the points I wanted to cover, the importance of networking. You know, mm -hmm. in terms of, I think, you know, personally, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, second only to being a really shit hot DJ, the ability to network is what's gonna get you gigs. Yes. Um, if you meet me and you see me play, you'll book me. That's the thing. If you just see me on Instagram, I'm rubbish. I mean, I have, you know, 40 <laughs> posts, like, I'm like, what should I post today? I don't know. Like, I was with Eric Marillo at Alro. Hey, there's us, right? Like, I'm not good at that. Like, if, um, you know, I've been in Ibiza three years. I, I've gotten into this um, uh, management agency just surely through um, saying I'll play it for free with my records and drag my turntables to your villa after I've worked for 12 hours at Alro um, for free. And I did, and now I'm part of their collection, collection, collective. That's really cool. <laughs> Maybe I'm also part of their collection, I'm not sure. But um, it's all guys, they're all about 23, they're all like Italy, Spanish, and they're all like super cool into the like minimal tech house, underground, whatever the new thing is. And then there's me bouncing around with my funky like slamming house, and they love it. And um, I was at a party the other day, I'm warming up for a big event uh, that they had someone coming in for from Italy. And uh, this girl after me was so bad, they asked me to go back on. And then they asked me to come to B12 and finish. So um, it's all about connections and people for me. Well, that's, that's refreshing yeah. to hear. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't ever expect to produce a record and get booked on that because I, I don't have the patience. You know, I, I want to jump around and make people happy. <laughs> well, and you certainly do yeah. from what I've seen. <laughs> one, you know, one thing that's really important to me is uh, setting goals. You know, my my main goal for 2018 was to uh, release my debut track, Cashew Cake. And okay. now, now that we're going into 2019, my, my goals in no particular order are to, to play major UK clubs, uh, playing at an, a major UK festival. If you were to say to storyboard progress for a, a new DJ, what, what would you say would be good you know, milepost to aim for? Good, oh, that's tough, because it depends on the person and their skills. I mean, I think that just meeting people, I mean, someone told me once that if you want to, when I, I won this DJ competition and I, I took a three-day DJ course to learn how to mix properly and not just try and beat match and throw things together. Um, but my goal was, uh, someone said, if you want to play somewhere, go there all the time, meet the people, be seen, be visible. Um, and that's why I've always had a much bigger presence on Mixcloud is I would do mix after mix after mix and I would stand there until they were perfect and I did them live and I did them on vinyl um, and I did them on a mini, I recorded them on a mini disc player. That was a long time ago. Um, before Tractor was anything and before CDJs even out. And um, I did get bookings off those mixes and I stayed there and went to this club called Tyler Trash until they booked me. I was there every day saying hi please can I, I do the warm-up when I learned the art of warm-up and after that I met someone else who booked me at another party and but it's just being there in person I think setting all the goals is great but making sure that if you want to be at a party if you want to play at a thing either start your own night or just go to that venue and just be in the like be in in the be present you know with the the people there the DJs there ask them how they got there ask if you could play with them. I've had people do that, and it's worked out great. I had a girl say, I've just moved here from Poland. No one will book me, I'm gay. This is a great gay bar, I love your parties, I love your style. 
I play house as well, can I play with you? And I said, sure, you can try for the next hour, and if it works out, I'll see if I can get you a slot. She was there for six years. Wow. Uh, well, that brought me nicely onto a question about the UK DJs, how do they get the attention of people in Ibiza, say, you know, bookers in Ibiza, you know, there's a, do they have to go to Ibiza? You have or is to be in Ibiza. You have to Not go to Ibiza. Not going to lie. Yeah, you have to be there. Yet, the only way, everyone said when I moved to Ibiza that you'll never get a gig. You don't produce, you're not big enough, you're not whatever. My, I had Ibiza rocks in two weeks, so. So we're all moving to Ibiza for summer, yeah? <laughs> yeah, but it's just about, the the island has, a, the island, everyone says that the island's over, it's rubbish, it's only the big, that's so not true. I mean, the villa guys, the men with the senior events, those guys are hungry, they're 23, they're starting this collective. They know that they need the older people who know the island. They also know that they need the big names. Um, you know, they book Steve Lawler if they can afford it, for example, just to get attention. But there's so many opportunities, but you have to be on the island. Right. Yeah, okay. you have to be there. Because the, the opportunities come up. One week I went to the after party, was, you know, uh, still up. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, um, I just went up to the guy and I said, I love your event. I love this guy's energy. I've had an amazing experience. I said, I want to bring my records and my turntables and DJ fee. And he said, next week, you're booked. What has been the highlight of your career so far? I mean, you can't, you can't just call that guy from the UK. You've got to be out there. Yeah, any, anywhere in the UK, anywhere in the world. Um, you know, unless you're a big, big name and you've got management and you're Roger Sanchez. You know, it's about being present. Right, okay. What's been the highlight of your career so far? Um, two things. Well, Brussels Fried, 100,000 people um, on that stage that I could have died and, and was happy. And um, being part of Velvet Ibiza. Which is what I want you to elaborate <laughs> on. Tell me yeah. about Velvet Ibiza. <laughs> and I think that's probably our last question because my hair color is looking really pink right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> the um, Velvet Ibiza. Um, started out of uh, a company called Velvet 69 in Brussels and I started playing for them. The woman who owns the brand and the company um, decided to do a party in Ibiza. I didn't live there yet and so I played there for the first time. Um, thought about moving there. Got a job with an events company. Um, she started doing the party and um, I became the events manager and the resident DJ now and we've got five six hundred women every year and it's become one of the standout festivals within my community within the lesbian um, community throughout the world a lot of other festivals have failed while we've continued to grow are they gay and DJs as well or? it's only women DJs and we get quite a few famous um, and upcoming DJs and because she's Belgian there's a lot of people from um, the continent, I don't know. We've got some big name DJ um, that I can't remember her name now. Don't put that in there. <laughs> We've got, and she's got a big band called Cage Toys. Um, but it, she's a huge draw. And um, we try and get a mix of people. And um, we've got about 30% that come from the US, about 20% from Asia, and the rest from, uh, mainly from Europe. We've got some South American folks, got people coming from Africa. It's just growing and growing year and year. We had 150 people the first year. So I started that together with her, with the knowledge of the island, put together with her knowledge of um, her key audience. And now it's as, as much about Ibiza um, and on the ground production. And I've taken it to the next level in terms of 
putting on a professional, well-organized event for women, because a lot of these festivals, um, you know, are, are just not, you want to feel special, and you want to, you want to come to Ibiza, and you want to feel that magic, and um, we've made it something that is really a great community, but it's also representative of, of how amazing Ibiza is. That's kind of brought us to the end of the DJ-related questions. What I've got, I've got a couple <laughs> of questions, personal questions about you as a person. What I'll suggest we do is take a quick Let's swig of our break. gin and tonic. Yes, thank let, you. Wet, wet our vocal Cheers. cords. Before, yes. yeah, all the best. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> you are old enough to drink, aren't you? <laughs> I am, just you know? barely. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be great. I can get my pink out and then um, we can come back. What? What does a typical day look like for Miss Cupcake? <laughs> there isn't a typical day for Miss Cupcake. <laughs> That's an impossible question for a DJ. Um, it can be crazy and it can be um, weeks with, not, with nothing. And sometimes you want weeks with nothing. So, Well, the Velvet Ibiza Festival is um, in May and it's our fifth anniversary. So I'm hoping that um, there'll be a 10th anniversary and we'll just go from strength to strength and we've outgrown all of the hotels on the island so um, we don't we might need to go somewhere else but um, uh, what we're gonna do is look at um, a franchise model for um, Velvet Linden and some other cities to promote Velvet Ibiza and also to do some other events so that's one thing that I'm focused on helping with um, as a resident DJ and someone who's got experience in markets like Asia and, and the UK, excuse me, <laughs> Asia and the UK. Um, and then for me personally, I mean, I would love to keep DJing for um, the underground parties in Ibiza and not so much of the commercial um, side of things. I have no aspirations of playing in any giant clubs, but what I would like to do is uh, be able to play the toilet in high and um, the new space is opening um, and to be part of the club scene in terms of performance music and technology um, whether it's video projection and video mapping or it's music or it's a combination of um, understanding how to get key audiences into the right venues not so much PR straight up but uh, more from music music side of things because as many people say, oh, Ibiza's over, it's too commercial, it's, you know, David Getter, whatever. Um, there's 20 other parties that are amazing that are opening up. So being part of villa parties, I do a lot of private parties, private events. Um, I still love to do that. Beach bars, um, there's a lot of licensing regulations that the government set to change, so that will change. Um, and then really just to focus on um, my confluence of uh, the, the music, the technology, the performance, um, because I got my master's degree four years ago in interaction design, and I think the future of clubbing is a good area for me to, the, reason, what, the main reason I moved to Ibiza is because by, by and large, going to a club and having that experience is extremely poor from a user experience perspective. Um, and to focus on the customer experience and to make that experience amazing, and that's why I love working at Elro so much, that's informed a lot of my future goals. Um, and obviously to keep working with the DJ Growth Lab because I think what Danny's doing is super fabulous. It is. Uh, I have to say that because I'm a member. Uh, <laughs> so am I. <laughs> so what do you do for fun outside of being a DJ? 
Um, I keep it clean. <laughs> I still, <laughs> yeah. Um, I have two dogs, and I love Avita, and um, I am looking. I've just got a boat, a speedboat license, and I'm looking at getting um, a small boat. And my true pleasure is water. I live on the water. I want to be on the water. Um, anything to do with the water and hiking and just enjoying Ibiza. Nice. Yeah, Outside beach. of dance music, is there a song that gives you goosebumps? Outside of dance music? Um, it'd have to be like a Louis Armstrong, a Louis Armstrong gospel song that my dad gave me this Louis Armstrong album um, from the uh, 1930s. Um, Shadrach comes to mind, which is it's a hard to find gospel song. And if you hear it now, the hairs yes, on your arms. Yes, really. I even think, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, nice. It's um, it's one of those like old biblical gospel, um, and that Louis Armstrong tone and voice, um, and just the raw nature of that music was incredible. And it reminds me of my dad who's um, turning 90 in two weeks, but is um, suffering from dementia. So the sad news is the only thing that we can share that he remembers really, really well is he still loves his music. Um, and you'll never lose those memories. I saw the picture with you. Yeah, you I gave him a really CD cool. player. <laughs> that, yeah. that actually brings us to the end of our conversation. It's been absolutely fabulous. Well, and thank I really you. enjoyed it. Linda, it. Yeah, thank you. If and thanks for coming here for my birthday. Oh, no worries. Cool. <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, dry January and not drinking. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if there is anybody on the planet that is listening to this right now that does not know who you are, how can they find <laughs> Which out? Which is a about lot you? of people. <laughs> um, Miss Cupcake DJ is um, Facebook and Instagram. And, um, this is the hashtag plug moment, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. At Miss Cupcake DJ, hashtag Miss Cupcake DJ. Or Mixcloud, it's Linda, L-Y-N-D-A, Rathbone. Um, and on Facebook, it's Miss Cupcake DJ. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yay, thank you. You can follow Olam on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and listen on SoundCloud, MixCloud, and iTunes. You've got to dance like there's no one watching. Love like you'll never be hurt. Sing like there's nobody listening. And live like it's heaven on earth.
It's a quick fix. 
You can follow Olam on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and listen on SoundCloud, Mixcloud and iTunes. Tune in for more mixes, playlists, podcasts and this eagerly awaited track. Thank you.